I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello there. Hello, and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Connors, as always, joined by uh, the illustrious Christian Buckley. How are you? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? Good. Uh, you know, today is a special day in the history of Jedi Knights, Christian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, we made it to meme status. We officially have made it to meme status. I don't know what comes after this. Uh, we have to, like, are there certain, like, tiers of podcasts, right? Like The 501st episode. Yeah, yeah, we have to make it to 501. Uh, <laughs> that would just be, yeah, that, that would just be something in and of itself. But yes, execute episode 66. It is the 66th episode of Jedi Knights. Um, I'm excited. This is like a huge milestone, and we've been talking about it forever, Christian, and it's mm-hmm. finally here. Yeah, it I'm is. I'm like super excited. Me too. We got some exciting things planned, you know? I don't know if you want to tease some of those before we get into the show, but uh, it's it's going to be a good one. For sure. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll tease it. You know, we there there are many, you know, different different interpretations of Order 66 throughout uh, Star Wars, right, Christian? So mm-hmm. um, we're going to be taking a retrospective look at that and, um, you know, putting our own flair on it and giving our own opinions um, on, on those interpretations of this massive event in Star Wars lore. Um, but before that, I think we should do what we always do. Uh, where we start the episode off with the segment from the Jedi Archives, where each of us picks a article from Wikipedia and we educate each other on it, whether that be from Legends, Canon, whatever have you, um, anything from the Star Wars universe that we want to talk about, and then we'll get in some rumors and news. So why don't we start off with Jedi Archives, Christian? If you want to go first, um, what would you would you bring to the table today? So I have a recent addition to Canon that I'm a fan of, uh, Yaga Agaburi. Mm. i love him mm-hmm. that's i think i i think like the last episode nobody knew what i was talking about but mm-hmm. i said there's another wookie yeah that 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 we need to start talking about and it was buriaga yeah i'm a fan of burry okay uh so from the jedi archives uh, according to wikipedia buriaga was a male wookie padawan of the jedi order who was active during the high republic era the apprentice of jedi master nib asek uh, his master learned Shriwook so she could communicate with him. Uh, Buryaga and his master participated in the rescue effort to save the Hetzel system during the Great Disaster, which is at the core of the High Republic Lay of the Jedi. Um, and he was also the one who discovered through the Force that the hyperspace, hyperspace debris was a container full of living creatures. <laughs> Dude, like, I think he has, Buryaga has like one chapter from his point of view mm-hmm. in Light of the Jedi. And it's like my favorite chapter. I think yeah. it's really great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, we always we always think about Wookiees, right? And, and we always wonder, like, how does everybody know how to speak Shriwook, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting seeing that from his perspective in that book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you felt similarly. Oh, for sure. I, I really liked Buri because uh, typically when we see Wookiees, you know, it's Chewbacca or the Wookiees that were enslaved during the reign of the Empire, but just the concept this struck me immediately from the cover reveal like last year the concept of a wookie jedi uh with a cross guard on the lightsaber no less like it immediately grabs your attention and i'm very glad that through um light of the jedi and specifically that chapter you're talking about buryaga was like a shining star amongst the cast 
yeah i think that chapter does a lot to you know talk about how buryag is like like it's like light of the jedi and we'll talk about this later like in a future episode more in depth but like in in light of the jedi each of the jedi seem to have like their own special connection with the force Mm -hmm. and it seems like buryaga like he's really in tune with like the emotional side of it Mm -hmm. which i think is interesting coming from a wookie um absolutely so uh so yeah i you know it's funny that you picked something from the high republic light of the jedi christian because i picked the jedi vector hell yeah okay (laughs) talk about it (laughs) so yeah we talked i you know this is a new ship i believe um in the star wars canon introduced in light of the jedi um jedi vectors they're a model of starfighter um utilized by the jedi during the high republic um so they can accommodate either one or two passengers, allowing for Jedi Masters to be with their Padawans when they go on missions. Um, and interestingly, interestingly enough, the book does a lot to talk about how there's not that many like controls in the vector. Um, a lot of it has to do with just like the way its pilot connects to the Force, mm-hmm. and it allows them to do like really like intricate stuff that like you know normal machinery wouldn't allow a pilot to do mm-hmm. which i think is really interesting not only that um the weapon systems on a vector yeah. they can only be activated with a lightsaber mm-hmm. uh, so yeah the, the jedi piloting it have to like force put their lightsaber into like a key that like recognizes the kyber crystals and shoots out lasers and i believe the lasers are actually the color of your crystal which yeah. are interesting yeah. That's that is super cool. I I love that the vector. Like I want one. That ship, because they they hit out the gate with that. That is the symbol of the Jedi in that book. Because they roll up in those. Yeah. L- love everything about that ship. It's so cool. It is really cool. I think um, what is the other one like the longbow or something like that? Um, yeah. Uh, the 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 other thing is yeah. cool too. But <laughs> uh, yeah, so I picked the Jedi vector. Probably one of my favorite starfighters. Um, mm-hmm. You seen the you seen the pictures of it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a cool looking ship. I, I like it a lot. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, good Jedi archives picks from the both of us. Um, so why don't we get into a little bit of the meat and potatoes of this episode before we get into our Order sixty six special? Um, first, we're going to talk about some rumors of the Force. And um, you know, one of the things that I saw while I was looking through the internet. Uh, to do some research on this episode was something interesting about the Mandalorian. And this came from a film and television industry alliance. Uh, That's a group, which I guess gives industry professionals information about like job opportunities. Their website is claiming that the Mandalorian season three is not going to start filming until April 5th, 2021 in Los Angeles. Um, Now this is a rumor because uh, they're really the only organization that has you know put this out there it hasn't been like officially confirmed in any way and star wars newsnet actually i read their report on it they they point out that the group has made a claim in the past stating that kenobi was going to be filming in boston massachusetts which is untrue we've we covered this on previous episodes of jedi knights um but yeah so that, that's something to chew on i guess christian that, yeah that, um this this may be happening in april uh filming at least mm-hmm. so I, I want to remind listeners with the the Boston report, they were like almost right because like it wasn't Boston, Mass. It was Boston in Europe, wherever it is. Um, so they them having some sources, like they could have heard something that potentially is true. So like I'm sure they they saw that report. It's like oh Boston, I know Boston, Mass, you know, right. Um, 
So I, I'm glad you pointed that out, though, just to take this with a grain of salt. But I, I feel like April 5th is, I feel like, a realistic shoot date to begin. Um, yeah. Because you think about it. The Mandalorian, it's all localized on that one set with some, like, a few exceptions. Like, Tython in Season 2 was the only place that was not on one of those 360 sets, you know? Um, so on that front, I'm not really worried about anything you know or feel like this is evident that the show is going to be pushed back or whatever like i i think they can still hit christmas uh, that was the marker that kathleen kennedy gave us last year but i, I feel like christmas is still realistic because you think christmas that's going to be like one or two episodes in the year 2021 so i think they can get one or two episodes fully done by then for sure i mean yeah i think i think this is cutting it close to be honest with you if this is true um if they're actually starting filming this show in april i feel like that's a really quick turnaround time now i'm not really super knowledgeable about like what the production process is like for something like this and i would imagine that you know going into season three of the mandalorian the production crews probably have like kind of fit like hit a groove in a mm -hmm. way um it's not like completely new to them but right yeah i mean i think you're probably right um since they said christmas i i think it's probably safe to assume that maybe we'll get like one episode at the tail end of december and then the most the rest of this will be in 2021 yeah because i'll also add to like i feel like most because i have like studied this kind of stuff um the like most productions in terms of like typical hollywood blockbuster type thing which is what they're going for when they produce the mandalorian they just like are doing it on a tv scale they usually go they shoot for like two to three months so and the rest is post and because a lot of what used to be done in post for green screens is done live through unreal engine and this new set design like you mentioned them finding a groove i wouldn't be surprised if they're finding ways to streamline so much of the production of this show to the point where like most of it is really just showing up like there getting it all done and then the the edit is mostly the post-production for this yeah i mean i think they've they've gone on record like with the like disney um behind the scenes things that they put on disney plus for the show mm -hmm. i think the creators and like the people who work on the show have come on record saying that that 360 set makes they does make things easier for them there's no other way that there's no other reason why they'd have it right, right. like mm -hmm. so so yeah you're probably right i think I think um, if this is to be believed, um, again, take it with a grain of salt, but like, I think it's it's reasonable that this will be, um, that this is true. I think April seems like a reasonable date for them to start filming. This. For sure. I, th I think the only reason you'd have to worry is like, in case there's an issue with the state of the world that interferes with the show, you know, like if somebody brings yeah. in the virus <laughs> or anything like that. But I think, I think this is all good sailing right now. Yeah, I'm just thinking back to like, yeah january 2020 you know we were probably talking about like you know april 2020 and things just completely went out the window so yeah. who so. knows man mm -hmm. <clears throat> so moving on from that another rumor in the force that we have this one had a lot of uh exposure on social media people were talking about this yeah i didn't look into it ton. can you explain it to me in detail <laughs> so yeah um I, I'm pretty sure that earlier in the week there had been previous rumors that a Knights of the Old Republic game was in the works at EA um, and that it would sort of take the elements of the first Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, and sort of like retool the stories to make them 
fit into the current canon. That was a previous rumor, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but this week, um, as reported by uh, the Star Wars insider Bespin Bulletin, I feel like we've talked about him before, um, and I'm getting this information from IGN, by the way, uh, that there is a new Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game reportedly in the works, not being developed by EA and BioWare. Uh, so we were yeah that, that's basically all we have that there is the possibility that we're going to get this like knights of the old republic game that ea and bioware are not involved uh bespin bulletin said that quote we'll never guess who's the studio is never who's making this game uh they said amongst his digging i heard there is a knights of the old republic project in development somewhere uh this insider said that they talked to a couple people and they found that jason schreier renowned video game journalist jason schreier said that it's not with ea um so yeah th th that's a rumor take it as you will mm -hmm. christian what do you think so as somebody who has in very very recently uh begun digging through kotor um i'm about like 10 hours in maybe to my first time playing through kotor i, I definitely get the hype and i i think this is exciting because recently mike especially doing this show and like branching out to other avenues of star wars besides movie and tv i have found an increasingly uh low level of patience for non-canon things <laughs> um <laughs> like yeah like yeah things can be good but if it's not canon i don't care really there's too much new stuff so yeah, you, you want to keep abreast on the on the new stuff exactly yeah and that's not to say that some of the old stuff isn't worth exploring like it absolutely is like kotor i think coming back in the new canon is an inevitability um what, what i think is interesting about this is that yes it makes sense because this is something people have wanted for so long uh in terms of the we'll never guess who was making it that's a challenge that i will accept <laughs> yeah really okay <laughs> yeah so here's what i'm thinking we got an announcement from ubisoft i don't think activision touches this ea we know it's not ea so huh. where my head goes is square enix who makes the, like the okay. final fantasies those are rpgs those are heavy rpgs all right um and western square enix has done deus ex uh tomb raider um more recently and there's some there's some good things here but avengers um i could see a world where we get a big chunky rpg from square enix because they they do have a really good history of making solid rpgs uh, from their japanese and western studios and kotor is very much a western rpg type thing um oh for sure yeah yeah I, also i could see obsidian and like an xbox type deal go go down with this but i don't know i'm not super familiar with square enix myself but i feel like obsidian would make sense though like you know they, they've already done the the rpg sort of thing mm -hmm. not not to say that, that that disqualifies them but i feel like they have their own like specific style with like they, they did the outer worlds and new vegas correct they uh, did yeah and i believe they did kotor 2 the second one. Oh, did they i thought it was bioware both of them. i mean I, I don't know yeah i'm not sure i thought bioware was just the first one i could be wrong but um yeah i you might be right i I mean it makes it, it it makes me think right like so does this disqualify you know us like if this is true mm -hmm. let's just let's just assume that there is a new star wars knights of the old republic game does this sort of make is my dream for a remastered kotor just completely out of the window do you think 
Um, I, I think you'd have to look for like fan mods or something at that point for like HD texture packs or something along those lines at this point. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I think it's dead. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's like so upsetting to me, Christian. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. Mm -hmm. But think about this though, rather than because this is what I hope to see out of this as somebody who is vaguely familiar with the story of Kotor. I've known about Rev in my entire life, really. I don't remember when I found that out, but I've known. Um, I like. I think what could be interesting, and I think I've talked to you about this, Mike. Um, early in Kotor, they really go in on talking about the Mandalorians and the Mandalorian Jedi Wars. Sure. And for how hot, like spicy, boiling hot, Mandalorians are right now, mm -hmm. I bet rather than retread. Revan and Malak and Nihilus, we get further back than Kotor One. We just get the Mandalorian Wars as a Knights of the Old Republic game, and then everybody's happy. Nobody gets upset that they destroyed Revan or did it wrong. Like we get new stuff. Interesting, but like I guess that that sort of makes me wonder. Mm -hmm. I feel like Revan at a, at some point has to be introduced in the current canon. Oh, for I don't sure. Think, yeah, I don't think Disney's gonna like sort of just like completely throw away the concept of Revan because I think it's really powerful. It's a very cool story. Mm -hmm. Um they'll probably Disney Disney it up and figure out a way to do it themselves. But like do you think that story will just be told in a different way? Or do you think that it would still I, I don't know, do you think they'd retool it to sort of make it fit in that time period or like what? I, I think they probably would, honestly. I could see we get a Knights of the Old Republic RPG, and it is about the Mandalorian Wars, and then towards the end of that game, it's revealed that a big presence in the galaxy at the moment is Darth Revan, and then KOTOR 2 is a retelling and reconfiguring of Darth Revan's story to fit in the new canon, and then a KOTOR 3, you know, to round out this hypothetical trilogy from Square Enix, maybe. Um, <laughs> that sort of wraps everything up and then it's like okay that's our basis for the canon like old republic timeline in the new era and i think that's probably something i'd be really excited about if they did it that way yeah i mean i also want to point out that like the previous rumor that had been going around um you know that ea was going to take elements of kotor 1 and kotor 2 and just like make a new game mm -hmm. I think that sort of fits into what we were talking about just now, Christian. Like yeah. that's still possible. That's still a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if if EA is not the the you know you know publisher or whatever, like mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that those games are not going to have any influence. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, I'm I'm kind of excited for it. I I, I hope that it's true. Like, <laughs> uh, I think. I think our friend and friend of the pod, Jack Martin, did say in our group chat, though I don't know if any of us responded to him, that Tim Gettys from Kinda Funny was speculating that the new Kotor game would be Knights of the High Republic. I don't buy it. Uh, you don't buy it? No, I don't buy it. I, I think, if anything, that Ubisoft game is High Republic. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think High Republic would be a good thing to explore because it's still kind of familiar to a certain extent and having an open world game makes sense like i think if you want to delve in with an rpg a long meaty rpg with a rich story you use that to develop something that you haven't touched yet higher public has the benefit of a bunch of novels you know 
Kotor right. won't get that. I mean, don't you think that it would be sort of like confusing at some point, though, to people who aren't like initiated into the Star Wars lore and culture as we are? Yeah, <laughs> like, which I, I could see a world where the old Republic gets relabeled. Honestly, I, I could see that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, like the era of Sith. I don't know because it was the Sith army, maybe like, or just call it Star Wars: The Mandalorian Wars. There you go. True. <laughs> like that, that makes it work. Yeah, that's true. They don't necessarily have to call it the Old Republic. Exactly. Um, so, well, interesting stuff. Uh, so, why don't we move away from some of the? Ru- uh, do you have anything else to add on that, Christian? Oh no, I don't mean to. that was everything. Okay, so let's move away from some of the rumors and talk about some of the most recent news in the Star Wars universe. Uh, from Galaxy Far, Far Away, we have some interesting information about Andor season one uh, that may come as a shock and sort of sad for some people, including myself. Yeah. Um, so. It, it, it was it was sort of revealed over the past week that both Alan Tudyk, who played K2SO in Rogue One, and Riz Ahmed, who played uh, Bodhi Rook in Rogue One, uh, both of those actors say that they're not in Andor Season 1. Um, and so this is sort of treading back from something Disney had said. Um, they had sort of said that Andor was going to be a story with Diego Luna, um, and his character casting Andor, obviously, and Alan Tudyk with uh, K2SO, sort of like reprising those roles for this TV series. And talking to Collider, Tudyk said that he won't be in the first season. Um, he says that they're shooting it right now. I'm not in it. Uh, he says, but if it stays on the air, stories keep getting told, I'll end up in there. I'm going to be in the show. It's just the story that uh, Tony Gilroy is telling doesn't involve K2SO until later on. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And Riz Ahmed, uh, in an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, also says uh, something a little bit more definitive than Alan Tudyk. When asked of his possibility of appearing in Andor, he said, I just haven't heard of that, to be honest. Sure. So <laughs> so there you go. I, I, believe, I believe Riz Ahmed. Yeah, uh, so... Because also with Riz Ahmed, I was wondering, like, how would he be involved? Because, like, him and Cassian didn't really meet until later, because mm-hmm. right? he was a Imperial guy that defected. And I couldn't totally. see them tell a story. It's like, oh, flashing back and forth between the both sides. Totally. I, I don't think I don't think anyone was really expecting Riz Ahmed sure, to be in there. Sure. But just, just to, like, having that confirmation, I, I believe it, but it's mm-hmm. not in there. It doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't make any sense for Bodhi Rook to be in the show, I mean. Yeah. But alan tudyk on the other hand that is upsetting yeah because you have to wonder like with rogue one i always got the sense that uh cassian and k2 had like a good five to ten years working with each other right yeah so like that's just the camaraderie they had and it felt like they were in that groove of sort of like getting each other um i i wonder then how far back we're going with cassian like is is andor gonna be 10 years before rogue one like diego luna i feel like he could you know he could play convincing 23 year old if he wanted to i guess but like they could de-age him too yeah like, like you know they got the crazy technology to do that sure sure yeah so i'm just i'm i guess i'm just curious like what the approach they take is like how long was k2 actually in the whole operation because i always thought they had a good back and forth yeah, I, mean, I guess that that does you make a good point, Christian. It sort of just like gives us a better idea about what the story is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, because Alan Tudyk is not sitting there talking to Collider saying that he's not, he's not going to be in the show like at all. Mm. He's saying that, you know, there's a, there's a place for him and that he, that the character does come up later on, obviously. Um, but it's just like how that happens and when that happens is sort of up in the air. Um, I, I think you're right. I think like, you know, Diego Luna can easily play a younger Cassie Nandor. I don't think that's a problem. And I think that, you know, there there's there's a story to be told as to how this imperial uh droid got in the hands of the rebellion um got into the hands of being you know diego and his friend so mm-hmm. i mean yeah i think you know it's upsetting but at least at least he's saying that there there is a plan for him oh for sure and like while it is a bummer it's only so much of a bummer because like straight up cassian is like one of my favorite characters in star wars at this point i think he's such an interesting character to like delve into he's my favorite part of rogue one so and like diego luna's incredible in this role he's very enthusiastic about it so like i'm still hyped for andor like very very highly and i am excited to just see cassian explore even further and he'll probably keep climbing up my ranks of favorite characters (laughs) So. Yeah, I mean, like the show is Andor, not K two. Sure. Right? So, <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, it's gonna be like an origin story, I would assume. Yeah. So. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, let's talk a bit about the Mandalorian. Uh, just a really quick hit news bite here. Uh, the American Film Institute named the Mandalorian one of the top ten television programs of twenty twenty. Not surprising. Yeah. Um, I didn't know they did that the american film institute yeah i never knew they made their own top tens <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know in case you were wondering i guess they thought it was a quality tv show christian i agree mm-hmm. um <laughs> moving on though we have some more mandalorian news um and this is uh comes from IndieWire. Pedro pascal had an interview with them and he delved into his involvement in the mandalorian uh he indicated that the team at Lucasfilm are hard at work figuring out how to go to working on a single series, The Mandalorian, to multiple shows that will interact and lead up to a big climactic event. So we had talked about this previously, Kathleen Kennedy at Investor Day 2020, 2020, 2020, yeah, yeah, uh, talked about and announced like 10 different TV shows. She said that, um, you know, The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, uh, The Book of Boba Fett, and then uh, Rangers. Rangers of the New Republic, are all going to be uh, sort of like taking place in the same time period and will sort of come together in this big climactic event. Um, And so Pedro Pascal said, quote, I am told what's happening and what the plan is, but I can't share it. They're in the expansion of this world where there are so many unexpected surprises and timelines that are going to be dealt with. If the character were to cross over into these worlds, it would be utilized in a way that isn't meant to be expected. I wouldn't want to spoil the surprise of whether or not characters from the show we already know are crossing over. So interesting. I think, I, I mean, I don't know if this, this could mean anything. Uh, I, I kind of assume that all four of these shows will be taking place like literally like concurrently with one another, right? Like mm-hmm. just like taking place in different times or parts of the galaxy. But it seems as though these different shows will be taking place in different time periods as well. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think the way they work that in is most like because i would be shocked if uh mandalorian and rangers at least aren't exact same time different parts of the galaxy i think that makes perfect sense of like the new republic expanding 
uh, Manda going about his business. Like that makes perfect sense of like these two things, exactly what you said, that you expected this to be uh, concurrent. Book of Boba Fett, I would also throw into that with the asterisk that I think we could be exploring a bit, a bit more of his past, you know? So like the Starlock yeah. Pit, which is five years prior. And then I could mm -hmm. also see flashbacks to um, like between episodes three and four, maybe. Because I really do want to see a bit more of Boba Fett in his early years or something. Like maybe the first time he met Jabba. I don't know. Like... I think Book of Boba Fett implies that it's like his history, you know? That's what I get from the title. I think that's probably accurate. And now, talk, like thinking about this news, um, does this sort of confirm the fact that we're going to get a big time jump in Mandalorian Season 3? Um, like, do you think the possibility of that happening has gone up now with this news? Um, maybe, but I, I don't know. I feel like I'm still looking towards ahsoka to be the the linchpin to what he's talking about here in terms of like what is going on with timeline stuff because her art for that show is like alluding to the world between worlds right so like mm -hmm. there's also the idea that feloni implied that <laughs> her showing up in mando maybe before the end of rebels so like i think with ahsoka specifically we could be moving around um and then between flash that and flashbacks in boba fett that i'm assuming is going to happen maybe that's what we're working to here i but i could very much see a time skip like how do you think a time skip would be handled are you asking me how i think a time skip is going to be handled yeah like is it going to be 20 years like what, what what do you think of when you hear time skip like i don't know it's just like the way that we left off in the mandalorian just makes me think that like they can't just pick up they pick up like the day after Gro like luke takes grogu you know right like there has there has to be some sort of like some sort of like you know time period where like the mandalorian has to like go through that loss right like mm -hmm. i feel i feel like it just wouldn't be as impactful if it was like not that significant of a time jump i was thinking maybe like five years like sure that's what was in my head mm -hmm. and and i guess like i guess i had the preconception that all of these shows would be concurrent because thinking about the ahsoka episode in the mandalorian season two it seemed like a it was a bottle episode mm -hmm. in a way like like it, it was what do they call that when it when they like test something in a seat like backdoor pilot a backdoor pilot it seemed like a backdoor pilot it certainly was a backdoor pilot and like it just seemed like that like you know like if Ahsoka was already happening, we just sort of like dipped into the Mandalorian for a second and then came right back out. Like it seemed like Ahsoka was already on her own like mm -hmm. journey, right? So that's why I thought it was going to be concurrent. That's that those are my thoughts. Like I don't know. I I know that the big speculation and theory that we've talked about, mainly I've talked about in the show, is that mm -hmm. the big thing we're building towards is the Siege of Mandalore 2 in live action but yeah. now that like luke is involved and you I've, you I've also said this theory of like i think eventually we'll get a, a new 789 that just makes the current 789 10 11 12 um okay. not undoing anything but just like like fleshing yeah. it out the way that the prequels fleshed out four five six of being the originals now they're the later it's weird how star wars does that but lord wouldn't lord knows we need it <laughs> yeah, yeah like 
I, I brought this up to Jack, I think, and Jack said that he could see it, this be explored through television, even though I, I'm saying movies. But, like, I could see a world also where the thing we're building towards is sort of a modern version, like Filoni's take on Heir to the Empire, maybe, that, like, mm. all the shows that we're planting seeds for will build up to a point where it's, like, Luke, Grogu, Mando, Ahsoka taking on Thrawn, you know? interesting yeah that would be cool i i think like it's definitely all sort of like building up to this this one big thing it's just i have the impression that they were going to be sort of taking place around the same time mm-hmm. and it's interesting that it seems like that's not the case um I, I don't know i really don't have nothing else personally to say about this other than the fact that like i'm just really curious to see what they do with all of this um i i you know Dave Filoni introduced the world between worlds in like Rebels season whatever, and then like it was never talked about again. Mm-hmm. And so and so you know that like that's coming up at some point, right? Right. Like, yeah. It just depends on when that is and like how it's going to be utilized. Really. So before we move on, I have a question. Yeah. Was the time travel stuff in the Lego Holiday Special was that World Between Worlds stuff? No. No. Okay. No, it wasn't. Okay. It was like it was like I don't know. I don't really know what that is um the lego the lego holiday special is is awesome but yeah i I don't know what that thing is that they have (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah so i don't know if you have anything else to say about this christian no i'm excited and um i i do hope that whatever we're building towards is and i'm sure it will be uh worthwhile and i just hope that regardless of what the direction is i do hope that mando stays consistent with what's been so good about it you know totally because totally. things can get muddled when we get like a bunch of tv shows in the same universe like the arrowverse gets a little wild i i, I was there for like two years and i had to tap out <laughs> so I, one one last question that kind of just like went into my head real quick like so these are all television right and they're building up to like this event like are we gonna get like a movie like a disney plus like yeah, movie? I don't know, man like, like <laughs> i i don't know like because that's that's marvel that's what Mar- marvel's doing right like right now they have wandavision they have winter soldier in march as a show and then they have all these shows and presumably we're going to get another avengers movie and these are all tying into the universe still so then like Haley steinfeld is the new hawkeye i'm sure she'll be in the next avengers movie so like i could see them take a similar approach i really could i i just that'd be really interesting i don't know when that happen would happen I don't know if it'd be a single movie or a trilogy or what, but I, I could see it. Yeah, man. Like, there's just there's just so many possibilities that kind of it just makes me giddy. Like, I feel like a kid. Yeah. Like, it's it's really awesome that we're having like this 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 time period where where there we're, you know, there's a lot of focus on Star Wars and they're really fleshing it out, yeah. and I love it. Um, I one final thing, I promise. Yeah. yeah like, uh, I I think it's funny too because especially after season two of Mandalorian ended and then what we're getting teased with like Thrawn and Ahsoka and maybe more Luke stuff of like, I feel like the people who are like very, very disappointed with the the core cast of the originals and the sequels, like forget that we have 30 years that we can still explore. <laughs> and this is exciting because it's doing that, you know? Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you said something about like heir to the empire that that would be cool. Like, mm-hmm. I know that was a book trilogy and everything, but like, this is what it is, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, so why don't we move on to some some lighter news? Uh, 
I have two more news clips here. And you know what? I'm going to skip to the bottom one on our list. Uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, my most anticipated game of 2021 because I'm a loser and I have no taste. But <laughs> Hey, it's up there for me. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, now nah, that doesn't make me feel as bad. But so talking to the official PlayStation magazine, Don McDermott, uh, lead hub designer at Travel's, Travel, uh, Traveler's Tales Games, uh, the studio that's making the Lego Star Wars game, revealed that um, the new, new Lego Star Wars game will feature around 800 unique characters and 300 of them will be fully playable, including Babu Frick, in case you're wondering. Um, so further, the game will allow people to explore both planets and space battles across 28 different locations. Um, so the older game's level-based structure is being mixed with open-world exploration. That's something that we kind of already knew. Um, and everything is being rebuilt from the ground up with a new engine. Um, so yeah, another interesting thing that he said is that Traveler's Tales looked at parts of the films that could be expanded on. Uh, for example, Finn's role in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, McDermott said that this is, quote, their chance to put things right. Oh boy. So yeah. Christian, what do you think about that? Finn with a lightsaber. Um, So I'll say this just in regard to the final thing you just said. Um, The Force Awakens Lego game, I believe, is is what gave us the story of C-3PO's red arm. So, like, (laughs) maybe this will shed some light on stuff. Maybe this will canonize some things, which could be neat. Um, Yeah specifically 300 playable characters we got room for hondo man come on yeah i mean he wasn't in any of the movies though which is like no but i still think that what we could be getting is remember how in the original lego games it was like okay here's the room for the phantom menace attack of the clones revenge of the sith and then you go in the room and then there's like the chapters yeah i think we get one dedicated chapter for Clone Wars, Rebels, Solo, Rogue One, um, Mandalorian, just as a way to get those characters in that game. Interesting. Do you think that that's going to be like part of the base game, or is that going to be like DLC? I I could see it be either. I could see maybe the movies get included in the base game, and then through like the season pass, they do the shows. Because I know Lego with their recent games have been doing season passes and like. Um, I think one of the Marvel ones eventually it was like, oh, here's the Black Panther pack, here's the Infinity War pack. You know, like these weren't in the game, but here's a level with some characters. So uh, I, I could see that. I mean, yeah, I think that's just too easy of like a marketing opportunity for Lego to be like, here, like, here's the Skywalker Saga game with all nine movies. And that's like, cool, that's what I expected from the Skywalker Saga. And then they come back later and they're like, do you want to play the clone wars like give us 20 bucks like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah i I think that's like such such an easy way to make money for them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that season pass i'll I'll probably buy it especially if you get all the shows in there because like i'm saying i want to play as hondo i want to play as mando other characters rex yeah so so i guess if 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 there are going to be 800 unique characters right Mm -hmm. and three 300 of them are going to be fully playable um other than uh other other than hondo i guess mm-hmm. which like ancillary 
tertiary character are you most excited to play as or hope to play as hmm that is a good question uh ice cream guy What's you want to play as ice cream will draw hood right yeah 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 <laughs> will will row but will row will row okay yeah um yeah i i think that'd be fun also i could see a world before i move on from what we were just mentioning um we're like they're saying uh new perspective right or like flesh expanding upon um yeah. episode three just working that siege of mandalore stuff and then ahsoka's in the game you know that's all that's you really a, need yeah it's true so it's really true but that all, it all happens at the same time so. exactly yeah just have a cut too after like wait, obi-wan goes here okay now ahsoka does her thing and then we continue on um but what about you is there any random characters you want to see um you know it was this character was actually in the gameplay trailer mm-hmm. i i want i just want to play as yaddle dude like <laughs> sure i think i think that's really funny mm-hmm. um also i really hope that yariel poof is a playable character um yeah. the the jedi council yariel poof from episode one i am blanking at the moment also was in light of the jedi uh really long neck sort of looks like a, a kaminoan oh okay 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 okay. yeah 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 so i hope that he's in the game mm-hmm. um <laughs> so yeah i i think that you know i hope that they do what we all hope that they do with finn uh, mm-hmm. the lego the lego holiday special sort of made well did make him a jedi mm-hmm. um let's 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 set the record straight let's let's do what needs to be done mm-hmm. um let's make him a freaking jedi already exactly. mm-hmm. so anything else to say about that um there's no release date on this as i as far as i know i'm excited and waiting i i believe the date is still pending to be spring um i think you brought up may 4th makes sense i think may 4th is probably the best time to drop this honestly uh with what we've seen and you know how much there's left to talk about it we yeah i they need to say something about it soon it's kind of like kind of coming down on the wire i feel yeah um, anyways moving on to our last piece of news here this is kind of just like a fun little thing that i saw um if you if you use the mail um in the united states you can buy new star wars stamps so uh kind of kind of fun i have a bunch of stamps here actually they're not as cool they're just mm-hmm. the american flag mm-hmm. but i wish i had one that i could just like put r2d2 on my envelopes um, so yeah, you could buy a bunch of Star Wars stamps from the United States Postal Service now. R2-D2, K2SO, BB-8, C-3PO, Chopper, L3, uh, 3O, right? Is that mm-hmm. Dio from Rise of Skywalker, IG-11, and of course, a gonk droid. So I'm going to send all of my student loan payments with gonk droid stamps. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. waiting. Honestly, also, I'm ready for the articles that's like edge rider millennial gen zers can't pay for houses because they buy their star wars stamps <laughs> <laughs> no seriously like i know that you know when you buy stamps they like come in a roll and like you don't really get to choose like yeah. which ones you get i just want to buy a roll of stamps with just the gonk droid i just want a roll like a big roll of gonk droid stamps yeah uh, that that's weirdly i'm just thinking of like all the things you could send in the mail because like email is the way to go now but like I feel like physical mail is, like, legit business. I'd be slapping gonk droid stamps on all of my very serious pieces of mail. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking about. Like, did you vote using the mail uh, in November? I did, yes. 
Yeah, see, like, that would have been a perfect opportunity to just slap the uh, gonk droid <laughs> stamp on your ballot. You yeah. Know? Uh, if, if only we had that in 2020. 2021's already better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So I think that's really all I had for news. Um, so, you know, barring none, not, not, nothing else, we can start to talk about what we really wanted to talk about here on episode number 66. Christian, are you ready for this? I'm ready. So we had the great idea to talk about every single Order 66 scene in, uh, you know, visual Star Wars media is the ones that I picked out because I guess there are a bunch of, like, print and stuff. But... Sure, and, like, uh, I think old Battlefront 2 had a playable scene, I think. Like, it was a campaign mission I remember specifically, uh, but, like, that was, like, 2006, like, video game stuff. It's barely anything. Yeah, so, so why don't we just say that we're going to be ranking the Order 66 scenes, and we're going to be ranking the Order 66 Jedi, um, but we're only going to be focusing on like visual representations sure. of Order 66. Now, I have a question for ranking the Jedi. Yeah, I don't know exactly how we're going to do that. Is separate ranking? like? Yeah, so I, I was going to say, when we do rank the Jedi, should we rank it on like the saddest people we lost like what was the most upsetting loss for the team or is it like just like oh who's the best like who's the most powerful number one that we lost to this incident you know i think saddest sure okay i think you know you know we're just gonna pick the ones that that hit us the most sure um so i don't really know what the best way to do this but i think first before we talk about the individual order 66 scenes mm -hmm. uh we should we should talk about the scene that sort of kicked it all off you know uh, sure revenge of the sith uh the the original order 66 scene with mace windu versus palpatine mm -hmm. right and then anakin comes running in and is like what's going on here and basically you know mace windu's got the, his lightsaber up to palpatine's neck as palpatine's force lightning him and anakin's got to choose who to save um that's sort of just the that's the beginning of it now this scene sort of shows up in revenge of the sith but it also shows up later on in the clone wars sort of at the same time really cool stuff mm -hmm. um and obviously anakin kills mace windu pushes him out of the window he becomes darth vader darth sidious you know gives him a bunch of missions go kill all the jedi mm -hmm. and he says the infamous words execute order 66 mm -hmm. so uh how do you want to do this christian i think um if we rank the scenes first like the interpretations first i think mm -hmm. that would be a good way to parse out the jedi we lose because i can already tell that across the different mediums there will be a few that will slip through the cracks if we try to do jedi first okay okay so so we should do the scenes first i think so so why don't we start off with revenge of the sith since sure. that's the first that's the first thing that that we that we get mm -hmm. <clears throat> so obviously we have the scene where palpatine executes order 66 mm -hmm. um, we have a scene of actually commander cody firing on kenobi mm-hmm Obi-Wan Kenobi on Utapau trying to kill him doesn't work. So we're not going to count that one. But we get a montage after that mm -hmm. of a lot of different deaths. Yeah. And these are in no particular order. But the first one that I remembered was 
Kiari Mundi being killed by blaster fire on a bridge on Maijido. Mm-hmm. Now, what I remember from this scene, Christian, is the way Kiari Mundi says, "Come on!" <laughs> to all to all the all the clone troopers behind him, completely unaware that they have just turned on him. Yeah, and it's the saddest thing ever because he's like so into it and then he just gets marked yeah that scene has big energy of like in i guess sitcoms where like somebody has to volunteer and then like the entire group steps back you know and there's just the one guy left like that's what that feels like um and that that is specifically that's the scene i remember from battlefront in the game um and i i guess maybe that's why it kind of stuck with me for so long it's just because i remembered playing that mission as kiati mundi uh but I'll also say that um, for Order 66 in Revenge of the Sith, like, uh, it's an interesting planet, right? Because it's like an industrial type place with uh, snow, which isn't really something we see a lot in Star Wars. It's never really snow on top of man-made structures. Um, so as far as like setting the tone, grayscale, lots of black and white, you know, uh, that sort of kicks it off. Yeah, I, I I know Kiati Mundi also. He he manages to hold up, he holds his own for a while. Yeah, he, t- um, he deflects a few shots. I think he I think he takes a few clone troopers down with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, I, you know, too much blaster fire though. You know, he, he's only one Jedi. He can only do, he can only do so much, right? Mm-hmm. And he he dies unfortunately on that bridge on Majido. R.I.P. Kiati Mundi. Um, so. Another scene from Revenge of the Sith, something that like I kind of like forgot about, but actually no, this is not the one that I forgot about. We have Ala Secura on Felucia, I think, um, the planet with like all the, the really colorful flora and fauna and all that kind of stuff, and she is with a, just a bunch of clone troopers, just sort of you know walking through Felucia, and she gets shot in the back, right? I think she looks down at something and then as she like gets up, she doesn't even realize and she gets killed instantly. And she doesn't even she doesn't even put up a fight, I don't think. Mike, I through Star Wars TikTok, I've learned some very interesting things about this particular part of Order 66. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. That makes it incredibly interesting. Um All right. So if you remember, I don't know if this is Legends or not anymore, but this is an interesting tidbit. If you remember in Order 66, when Ayla Secura falls, mm-hmm. they don't stop shooting her. Right? Like, they just keep shooting at her corpse. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know the name of the commander for her platoon of clones, but apparently, whoever the commanding officer was for that clone troop and her had a thing. Like, they were lovers. <laughs> what and he, he he got the order and he couldn't do it so he didn't stop firing just because he wanted to make sure she was dead and wouldn't suffer oh my god that's so sad yeah that's terrible i know <laughs> <laughs> like i don't i don't think that's canon anymore but like man yeah that's really sad like you know Ayla, i guess anakin wasn't the only one in the oh, Jedi yeah. Order with some secret lovers, man. Yeah, pl- man, Qui Gon. Qui Gon had some people, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, I mean, you got to think Qui Gon was probably hot like, back <laughs> back in his prime, you know. Like, yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember like something about this this scene too. The camera like pans up, like mm-hmm. 
like aerial style like from this like the, the part of Felicia where she gets shot and there's like this big leaf that sort of just like covers her as the mm-hmm. camera moves up and they're still shooting at it which I always kind of thought was like interesting because like maybe uh maybe george lucas wanted to cover up some gross stuff uh, you know yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. moving on uh next in the montage i don't know if this is actually next but uh we have the death of plo Koon, the jedi master who found sokotano uh he dies while piloting a starfighter in atmosphere on kato nemoidia that thing on kato nemoidia doesn't count mm-hmm um but yes he that was that was an obi-wan quote by the way anyway uh so yeah he dies but while piloting a starfighter uh two clone troopers that were like piloting next to him sort of like pulled back and just like blow him up (laughs) mike uh you can't see this but ever since you mentioned his name i've been saluting (laughs) yeah man is an icon he Um, is an icon and it's funny. Uh, this is another thing I've seen discussed. Um, I, I made, again, I did a, a, a video about this for uh, my account on TikTok, and I said it was mostly a joke, but I was like, if it's like, oh, George Lucas had to kill Plo Koon in a spaceship because Lord knows boots on the ground, it would have been over for the Empire. Like, a lot of people, like, supported that. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. Because apparently he can do, like, some weird Jedi Force Lightning or stuff. Again, I think it's Legends, but man plo Koon. interesting i didn't know that but yeah i mean i always thought that he was kind of just like one of the most like low-key badass yeah guy. dude i love plo Koon. he's awesome totally and like i i feel like i feel like he would have put up a fight if he were if he were you know on the ground um yeah if he was with mace windu would have played out different that's all i'm saying oh yeah well you're saying if he was with mace windu on coruscant yeah if he was oh, yeah. there, mm-hmm. it would have been over. Yeah, just like roll the credits, like directed by George Lucas, right then. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that is like probably one of the most more sad sad ones for mm-hmm. sure. If you're getting a sense of like for the viewers, getting a sense of which ones Christian and I are going to be placing higher on the list. Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna say plus like. It has the benefit of Clone Wars, you know, fleshing him out further. Because um, in the films, he only had a couple lines, I think. Um, like, on the council, maybe he had, like, a nod or something. But, um, yeah, Clone Wars really made him one of my favorite characters of the, uh, the prequel era. He's, he's really cool, really interesting, very interesting Jedi, uh, very powerful. So, I have to say, the two, like, he, he goes down in a blaze of glory. Like, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, Anyways, moving on. This is the one that I forgot about. Uh, Stas Ali. Now, that's a Jedi. <laughs> she was killed uh, while riding a speeder bike on Seleucami. This is one of the this is one of the moments in Revenge of the Sith. Honestly, I forgot about it. Yeah, like they pull back, right? And then they just light her up. Is that what it is? Yeah, they're like they're like riding next to her, yeah, and then they just like pull back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know who Stas Ali is, to be quite honest with you. Me either. So, you know, there there you go. Uh, moving on, we have Zet Jukasa, who was played by George Lucas's son, Jet Lucas, which is a great name, by the way, yeah. um, <laughs> on Coruscant as Bail Organa is getting in a ship. 
So Bail Organa talks to a bunch of clones and he's trying to get into like the Senate building or something like that. And they're like, you gotta go. And it's he's time like, to leave. Right, yeah. yeah. And he's like, and so it is, right? And he gets in his he gets in his uh his starfighter, and as he's in the starfighter, we get uh Zetjukasa coming out there. Like he probably takes down the most clone troopers with yeah. him in the entire montage. Yeah. But yeah, he 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 also dies. Um and, and we get a nice little uh you know, Jimmy Smith's bailer got it like no. Screaming no. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good. What do you think about this scene? Um interesting it's made better that thanks to what you pointed out that george lucas's son is the one that takes the most clones out down going out like that's funny (laughs) uh so that definitely adds to it um and honestly important for bail organa too because like he it always seemed like he was friendly with the jedi and stuff and he was like he was like they're right you know um but i think probably seeing the clones mow down a, a child is probably what you know pushed him to really going on inside with obi-wan and yoda that was really interesting christian i i never really sort of thought about that scene in the context of like bail organa's character Mm -hmm. that that must have put a number on him yeah dude like to watch that is pretty pretty brutal Mm -hmm. um no wonder he was like you know the the rebel alliance for a while yeah so lastly in revenge of the sith and i don't think i'm missing anything after this correct me if i'm wrong christian if you can think of anything but i think this is it other than other than you know just like general jedi deaths like in the jedi in the in the jedi temple right um we see a few of those but um the last one from revenge of the sith is the infamous uh youngling slaughter by anakin Mm -hmm. and apparently I didn't know this until today that the character who asks Anakin like master too many of them what are we going to do before he ignites his lightsaber has a name Sors Bandim is mm-hmm. that little boy's name and yeah so Sors Bandim unfortunately dies and so does many other younglings mm-hmm. killed by Anakin um I I think we talked about this recently on the show, but there was also a story that came out uh, very, very recently that uh, in that scene when Anakin was killing the younglings, uh, when he like ignites his lightsaber in the film, Hayden Christensen screamed boo at them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why he does like a little like step back when the the lightsaber goes up. Yeah, that is true. There is like, like he does, like the actor does look kind of scared. Yeah. Taken aback for a sec. Yeah um yeah really cute really sad yeah Um, yeah super sad uh so anyways i think that's really it for revenge of the sith um yeah like i'm sure there are some like yaddle right she's never saw her die but she's gone right you know like same with um who else who else is on the council (laughs) um yeah i don't know (laughs) pretty, pretty much everybody right like and yeah, there, I, there's nothing else from Revenge of the Sith here. Sure, sure. I mean, like, yeah, I guess I, we should say that, like, these are only, like, the visualizations and, like, there are many other Jedi who die. Right. Um, so moving on to the Clone Wars, actually. We have, um, you know, in I think it's, like, it's season six. It's, like, one of the Yoda arc. It's the Yoda arc. Um, Yoda has a vision of Order 66 where, he, before it happens, where 
he sees Anakin killing Shakti in the Jedi Temple. Now, this is interesting because of two reasons and two deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith. Originally, uh, in the first cut of Revenge of the Sith, George Lucas wanted General Grievous to kill Shakti, who, uh, you know, was assigned to protect the Emperor, uh, not the Emperor, Chancellor Palpatine at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. So there's a deleted scene of General Grievous killing Shakti in front of Obi-Wan and Anakin on uh, his, like, Trade Federation ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also uh, a scene, a deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith where Anakin kills Shakti in the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. So both of those were taken out. And uh, there's really no... There's really there there really wasn't any sort of like canon answer as to like what happened to Shakti mm-hmm. um, until this this vision that Yoda has where he sees Anakin kill Shakti, so you have to assume that that would be in the Jedi Temple, um, and you'd have to assume that obviously General Grievous did not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Clone Wars did say that Shakti was like assigned to protect her, but I guess she must have got uh, protect Chancellor Palpatine at the beginning of Revenge of the Sith, but I mm-hmm. guess she must have gotten out. Um, so there you go. There's one. Very and nice. also the infamous Ahsoka and Rex on the Venator, the end of season seven, mm-hmm. the Siege of Mandalore, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But spe- great, great stuff. Specifically, like, I think everything surrounding the end of that season elevates it, but specifically, um, like, Ahsoka on the ship leaving, feeling the disturbance, going to the room, Rex pulls the gun on her, and then that to the end you know yeah when she's like standing on the bridge of the venator and she can hear what's happening in coruscant like mm-hmm. in real time yeah mm-hmm. is insane yeah and then uh, like a few moments later rex realizes or he gets the command and he that whole sequence of like the rush to try and stop it and everything i i count all of that i don't like obviously not the ending ending with like vader and all that but um uh up to them escaping at least and like maul escaping and all that stuff yeah, I really honestly say that, like, up until them escaping and the Venator crashing on that planet. I yeah, yeah. That's the end of that scene there. I agree. And, yeah, it's it's really interesting to watch, like, yeah, uh, Rex is able to, like, get fives out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of, like, he, he's able to sort of, like, commandeer his own programming for a second, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. He had the willpower to sort of, like, not not follow that for, like, just the briefest of seconds. Right so yeah we got those two and moving on from from the clone wars we'll talk about jedi fallen order um we have the infamous order 66 scene uh with jarl Tapal on the venator over braca now i think this like you you play as a young cal kestis and you kind of just like go through this as he's going through it mm-hmm. and it's pretty sad at the end um cal learns a lot about himself he learns a lot about like the force powers that he has as he tries to save his master. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, Jarak T'Pol does kick the bucket in this scene. Mm-hmm. Killed by a bunch of clones and his lights, his dual bladed uh, double-edged lightsaber is is sort of uh, destroyed half, mm-hmm. halfway. Um, after that, you know, there's also a scene from the second sister's perspective where she hides in a cave, a cave with a Rodian and Seer. Mm-hmm. before she turns into the second sister 
Um, that's like that's like super brief and i kind of just remembered that from my own memory i don't know (laughs) like i I don't even i couldn't even find it online yeah yeah. (laughs) it's it's like i remember it's a first person perspective uh you see seer in her jedi garb um and then she's like i'll be back and then she doesn't come back and that's what spawns a second sister um yeah but yeah i think that's everything there's none there's no flashbacks to or 66 and rebels as far as i know i don't think so um in terms of other media like i think that's it right like there's really nothing like there's been video games that have that aren't canon anymore that just redo the anakin thing like i remember the episode three game like you actually go through the temple as anakin right. yeah. um but yeah that's really it like i can't, i don't think force unleashed touches on it either but uh yeah i think we no. hit all at once I assume that, like, you know, there's a book somewhere, yeah. like, a comic book somewhere that we're just not, we don't know about, but, like, like we said in the beginning of this, we're just going to focus on the visual representations in film, TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with that said, like, that's pretty much all of them that we can think of. Christian, like, in terms of, like, do you want to just do, like, maybe top three and, like, low, lo- like, your lowest or something like that? I don't know if we need to rank all of them. If you want to, we can. But, I, like, I think we can find a top five yeah top five i think we can do a top five um i think number one like tell me if you disagree with this but i do think the best order 66 scene um i think it's ahsoka and rex yeah you're right i think okay i'm glad we agree on that because like order 66 the montage is great but you don't really get to stew on any of them you know like i know it's the iconic thing but like even with order 66 in the film a lot of the sad deaths are fleshed out from clone wars right Right. and clone wars very easily could have just been like hey look you get to watch the exact same scene again with like our animated versions of these characters you love dying again but instead they decided to do like really flesh out ahsoka and rex's characters um give a new perspective on it and show like you said the like the the power of rex he's always seemed like a different sort of clone so i think there's a lot to love about the ahsoka and rex or 6016 personally yeah i just think there's a lot of depth in that scene personally mm-hmm. I, I agree with everything that you said christian um in revenge of the sith it's sort of just like shock right like yeah. it's like it's like death after death after death in like three minutes and so there's not a lot of time like you said to sort of just like feel those emotions and spending so much time in the clone wars with ahsoka and rex mm-hmm. you're right this is definitely like the most impactful scene especially just like how it all ends up yeah and i i also think that this helps it as well but ending your show on order 66 basically that's pretty good oh for sure yeah Yeah, that helps um now do you have a solid runner up in mind because i'm torn on two so yeah i have a good uh, personally i do have a a runner-up i think I really, I really think that the Jar of Tapal scene is awesome. Same page, Mike. Same page. Like, <laughs> it's funny too because we're talking about like the newer iterations of this, right? Like, mm-hmm. like we are not talking about the nostalgia factor. We're really just talking about like 
you know, th- these are like these moments of Star Wars uh, history that we get to like play out, um, that we get to see in, in the Clone Wars and play out in Jedi Fallen Order. Like they are so impactful. And and when you played through most of Jedi Fallen Order, and like you 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 feel like you are Cal Kestis, and you feel like Jarrow Tapal like is your dad. <laughs> you know, like yeah. when he dies, it's really sad. And yeah. like I, I just like the whole sequence of. Of, of sort of like sneaking around with editor and stuff i mm-hmm. think that's awesome yeah and i love that playing through that sequence is really interesting too as a youngling basically because or padawan because you don't have a saber but you're using the force to like shut out um the clones and mm-hmm. stop their attacks but what i also appreciate is that one we get george ball's dope lightsaber out of it and two on a more emotional side um it i forget if this comes before or after but we have to kill a manifestation of jarrod to paul as cal so like it's it's really going in on him like letting go of that thing that he blamed himself for so it's a really good moment for cal in like modern timeline too oh for sure i think like yeah we sort of experienced this whole thing through like a flashback but it's almost like a vision for cal mm-hmm. he, he sort of he, he learns a lot about himself throughout all of it and mm-hmm. not only does he learn about like himself and his abilities as a jedi like in the moment like you said christian he learns about himself when he has to like relive it and mm-hmm. um yeah it's a really great scene um sometimes i find myself just like watching it again yeah it's, it's a really <laughs> well it's really well done like they it's it's great too because the whole time it's like oh are they gonna do it you know like are we gonna see it because like he so clearly talks about that moment being a big point of like trauma for him so i was like oh are we gonna touch on it or what like and they do it well oh they definitely do it well yeah um Um, so do you have a do you have a third christian that that kind of sticks out to you so i think like clearly i can't just say the line right so i think everything building up to the point where he says the line so like the mace windu fight ending with execute order 66 right like yeah i don't know if we can we say that that's an order 60 why not right like i think so uh i mean i feel like it like because he's in his office after he sends anakin out you know and then he calls the clones and then we get the cut on uh kashik i believe of the call being received right actually yes this is true this is true mm-hmm. i mean yeah i i guess like i guess we could sort of just like put that as well as like the scene where anakin like storms up the steps with the 501st and like mm-hmm. you know like the the message is sort of like pushed across the galaxy and everything that's like its own scene in in, a, in and of itself um it, it has no real deaths but like that scene is is, is a lot to go through watching it yeah because let me tell you mike every single time in any capacity that i see the number 66 i will out loud say it as palpatine like the entire line (laughs) um so i like i feel like that's iconic like i feel like that deserves to be represented on this list you know sure sure i agree with you totally so Um, the the way i wrote it was in quotes execute order 66 and then like the preceding and proceeding 30 seconds with that line sure <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's fair I, okay it, it's all over the place but i know what you're talking about like mm-hmm. i think i think it's it, you're right it needs it needs a place on the list for sure mm-hmm. 
now for for me i think i think it comes down to two four and fives for me i just can't tell which one is more interesting than the other um i mean for me christian you really like recontextualized zetjukasa's scene (laughs) hey sure i think it's good i mean like i don't know if you want to put, put it as a number four but like the way that you, you you brought that up with like Bail Organa and everything, I, I didn't really ever consider that, and I think it, it it has the most depth out of the remaining ones. I think. Mike, I would put that at three if the line just wasn't so iconic. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, I think I think it's a good number four. I agree. Zedjukas is number four. Um. So what was your other one you were thinking of? Because that could just so, slot nicely into five. So I, I think you're going to disagree with me on this, though, okay. Christian. I know you really like Plo, Clo- Plo Koon, mm-hmm. but but I really... There's something so endearing about Kiari Monday saying, <laughs> come on, before he dies, yeah. that that I think it has to be my number five. I, for me, personally, if you want to disagree with me, that's fine. But that that is my number five. So I'll go with you on one condition... Because I believe, if this isn't true, then it hurts your argument. But is he not the first death we cut to? Uh, For Order 66? Like, let me pull up the scene. Because if he's the first... Because that sticks out to me. So if he is the first casualty of Order 66 as shown in the film, then I think, yes, similar to the line, it's just so iconic. You know? Totally, totally. I, I just... Yeah, I just threw out everything him him saying like come on has stuck out with me ever since i was a kid i just thought it was like so sad that like he didn't see it coming um like i said before it's endearing in a, in a very special way to me mm-hmm. <laughs> um and also i like kiati monday i think he's badass um though yeah. though plo, plo Koon's way cooler yeah i i think it's good i have the scene pull up right now i'm scrubbing through it um okay but i'll ask if, if... Mm-hmm. If, if if that is true though if it is the first one i think that only makes my argument better yeah so it looks like um uh okay so this looks like a deleted scene but um okay yeah so anik or we got palpatine in his office obi-wan gets shot down off the cliff under command of cody and then we cut to Majito, and there's Kiati Mundi. So there you okay. go. Okay, number five. He's the first half. <laughs> number five. All right. So, so uh, mm-hmm. no, no, what are you gonna say? I wanted to ask you this too. Uh, is there any, like, I guess execute order sixty six at number three would involve Anakin on, at the temple. You're right, because that that like leads into it, um, and then it cuts to the office where he says it, but. I'm kind of surprised that, like, talking through this, that there's really no big Anakin, like, moment, I guess, in Order 66. I know there's the youngling thing, which has just been a meme, but, like... Uh, You know, there is, and and this is coming back to me now. He's dispatched to Mustafar by Emperor Palpatine. Sure. Um, And he kills the Trade Federation. Mm Mm-hmm so there's that and and you know there is that scene where he's he has like the one tear coming mm-hmm. down his eye right right so uh, before he kills wat tambor so mm-hmm. so order 66 lasts pretty long i guess then because i always thought it was just 
like because i guess if you contextualize it that way order 66 was probably like a week like a week's effort and we just saw like the first hour of it right probably i mean we know i think it was more than a week like think about it like you know there, there's a reason why there are so many inquisitors because you know you gotta you gotta you know the order 66 didn't get all exactly yes yeah, so that's why i'm because i've always thought about it of like okay order 66 and break okay team what how'd we do you know like <laughs> that's the way yeah. i've always thought of it but you make way more sense yeah yeah no i think i think maybe if we change number three to like execute order 66 and like literally anything anakin does yeah <laughs> um because because yeah anakin's like obviously one of the more focal points of, of that whole sequence mm-hmm. so I, and, and it's coming back to me like right before he kills Watambor, the one like little tear coming through his eye. I, I, I love it. Yeah. So to reiterate our top five from number five to number one for the best Order 66 representations, uh, we have Kiati Mundi dying um, in Revenge of the Sith, Zet Jukasa uh, defending Bail Organa <laughs> in Revenge of the Sith at number four. Number three is execute order 66 and then anything Anakin does in the following minute. Um, number two, we have Jar Paul and Cal Kestis, of course, trust only in the force, passes on the lightsaber. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And number one, Ahsoka Tano and Rex escaping um, the Venator above wherever it was, uh, like uh, post Siege of Mandalore. So. I think that's a great top five. I think we... We could we could both say that we didn't expect Zet Jukasa's name to show up <laughs> on this list. I really didn't. But honestly, shout out. I know Plo Koon was like the other one that was vying for number five. Shout out to that Ava Secura thing. Yeah, what? shout out to honestly shout out to all of it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Ava Secura thing is cool. Yeah. So um that being said, do we want to transition to ranking the Jedi who died? <laughs> <laughs> yeah why don't we do it uh this is definitely a different a different list i think mm-hmm. um though like i feel like the order 66 ranking the order 66 scene also sort of like it's like the jedi as well mm-hmm. but like um anyways so one through five on the jedi casualties list um what do you think what do you think comes as number one um obvious plocoon yeah thank yeah. you i'm glad we agree on that um like he's just so cool dude like i i just want like his uh starfighter i want his lego set i want his black series he's a cool guy and clone wars made me really love him he's so so cool um and seeing the potential that he lived up to in clone wars made me upset that lucas didn't pursue that more in the movies and like especially in clone wars he's so nostalgic for me of clone wars because when it premiered on Cartoon Network, like, the first episode, I think, was, like, the Shadow Malevolence arc, when he's, like, in space with the clones, and, like, seeing him as the focal point of the first Star Wars TV show thing was so cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that's totally true. I forgot the whole arc that he had where he was, like, out in space and everything. Yeah, and he's, like, oh, like, because we we talked about it on the initial run of the show of, like, how the Jedi Order kind of views clones the way that we all as an audience view droids, but uh plo Koon, out the get he was like nah dude you're a person you got a soul you got the force it's like ah he's a cool guy yeah man I, and and um ahsoka tano talks a lot about plo Koon and, mm-hmm. and has a lot has a lot of good things to say about him throughout the show as mm-hmm. well yeah, he's super cool 
So I have a question. Does Anakin Skywalker count as a Jedi casualty? I think so. I do. I think you have a solid argument there. Yeah, I mean, like, not Order 66, like, in the traditional sense. Right. Like, but, you know, Anakin Skywalker does die at that turning point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at least for a bit. Um, Like, not fully, but yeah, like, you know, he turns into Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. And that's that's about it for like you know the next 20 years so <laughs> no you're you're absolutely right i i think he's because not number one because there is that asterisk of he does come back but um i do think it's worth bringing up because like that is again a central point of why the order 66 worked was because anakin ceased to exist you know totally man i think so yeah i think other other than the fact that he does come back he would be number one but he deserves a, a spot on the jedi casualty list for sure um third place is an interesting one it is interesting because part of me wants to say jar to paul um because i really do think that that order 66 scene in fallen order is done very very well and a lot of that rests on, I, I, like, I, I can recognize the actor who voiced Jared DePaul, but I can't think of a name right now. But that that performance really does sell it. Like, the pain, the, like, sacrifice of, like, passing on literally everything to Cal. Like, I, I think it's a very well-done scene. And Jared DePaul has such a looming presence over most of that game, um, just in terms of Cal and like his guilt, so I, I think that's a, a solid number. If not number three, then f- on this list, I you know I was thinking about number three, Christian. I have to agree with you. Okay, Jaro Jar- Tapal is definitely a number three Jedi casualty. Um, really sad. He's like, I wish he was my dad. You know, yeah, he's, <laughs> just <laughs> he's a cool guy. And isn't he like only the, at least as far as I'm aware of, he's only like the second of Zeb's race, right? The species, yeah yeah the lasat yeah he's the second lasat we've seen i think so it's cool it's a cool species in star wars i want one in the higher public <laughs> do it uh yeah jarrah tapal though he does seem like a bit of a heart like he, he, he you know I, I was gonna say but like he he definitely uh puts a lot of rules on cal yeah i can see that being annoying as as a padawan but sure. you know mm-hmm. uh yeah, so number four, I guess um, we're starting. We're starting like we're running out of the name recognition, <laughs> the the ones with with name recognition. But what what do you think is a number four Jedi casualty here, Christian? Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. Does Mace Windu make this list? Yeah. Why not? I mean, yeah, he dies like during that turning point. So yeah, I'd, I'd say that anybody who dies like during order 66 or like almost immediately preceding it like yeah i i just meant like in terms of earning your favor in terms of like a press f to pay respects does he get the f does he he does okay um i feel like he'd be like a number five though just because i'm not about the way he treated anakin and ahsoka that kind of led to this whole mess (laughs) true yeah it was kind of his fault it kind of was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so sad that he's gone but maybe for the best <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so I mean, why don't we just like I think I think Ayla Sakura with that with that in mind that that sort of tidbit that you gave me where you gave the listeners and me christian i think that's really interesting yeah. and if that's true i think she deserves a list of, uh you know part on this list yeah i agree i think it's very interesting i did actually pull up uh the wikipedia article for her clone commander uh his nickname was bly um let me see if i can pull the article back up just to uh cc5052 um clone marshal commander who served both the galactic republic and galactic empire uh nicknamed bly uh worked with general ala sakura throughout the clone wars serving a bunch of different campaigns bly worked with sakura to personally extract a valuable scientific package from honiger um Bly encountered uh, renegade Jedi Quinlan Voss. So yeah, this is somewhat canonized with his role in like the Clone Wars and stuff. But their relationship, I think, might have been explored in Legends. I mean, I I think you know, I think that's just really interesting, honestly. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm gonna say that it counts. I agree. Why not? Yeah, let's go for it so so i think that's we, we we have our top five now yeah why don't you read through it so starting from number five on the jedi casualties list we have mace windu uh number four ayla sakura number three jarrah Paul. sad number two anakin skywalker and number one plo Koon. r.i.p <laughs> r.i.p i'm i'm listeners you'll have no idea what's happening mike big bold f big bold f press f to pay respects indeed um so yeah that's 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 the order 66 top five scenes and top five jedi casualties i think that was um that was fun christian yeah it was now a final question for you what's your favorite quote out of order 66 because for me, it is far and away. It's execute a lot of sixty. Like that's that's too iconic to not be that. So I mean, other than other than uh, come on, yeah. which is really great. Mm-hmm. I love that one. I, I do like Darth Paul when he says trust only in the force. That's a really good one too. I think that's a great one. Um, so. I'll say shout out to Kayla who was on our bonus episode. Uh, she thinks it is hilarious when the child says Master Skywalker. <laughs> There's too many of them. <laughs> So. yeah he has he has a name actually no. yeah <laughs> so uh lots of good stuff to mine from order 66 and honestly i was gonna say this earlier but i'm glad i remembered it i wouldn't be surprised if we get a new scene added to this maybe within oh. the next year with uh grogu seeing how he escaped yeah or the bad batch right sure yeah there could be like where what they were doing mid um order you know see how because yeah we hype or we discussed that hypothetically of like what were they doing how they react were they under the chip what did they have to comply like did they kill a jedi like there's a lot we could see with them in that show yeah i think i think um how they deal with order 66 is going to be like pretty focal in at least the first season um so Uh, yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it's the first episode honestly just knowing where it's picking up in the the trailer and stuff 
yeah it's not like it would be a surprise or you know anything so <laughs> dude um, what if oh what if they're the ones that saved grogu i mean like maybe I, yeah who knows yeah what if fennec, what if fennec shand yeah <laughs> she did it <laughs> interesting stuff interesting stuff but yeah so i think that that sort of wraps up the episode that we kind of did a long one today but but good because it was episode episode 66 yes um and yeah i, I had a really fun time with christian and uh hopefully we can get to 501 yeah 501 that's <laughs> the next one i mean uh assuming we love bad batch episode 99 clone force 99 gonna be a good one as well that's that's true that's true um so Christian, you're usually better at like taking us out to see here. So why don't I why don't I let you just like hand over the reins of the hosting here and just right. let you take take us out. So Mike, where can everybody find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Mike P Connors. Very nice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, Chuntu D2. Um, this show, you can check out the Twitter at Jedi Knights JC. Uh, but this show is available in video format on youtube.com slash joyclicks. Just 2, reached 2,000. Nice. 2,000 subs. Here we go. Wow. Um, thanks for following along. Thanks for subbing. Um, yeah, thank you. So video version, all the full playlist is available on the channel. Uh, we also have an audio version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your podcast service of choice. If you can rate a review on that platform, it would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I will say this. If you if you've always been like I'll do a review, I, I keep forgetting to do it. This is the episode, episode sixty six. You just have to comment. Hive mind episode sixty six. Roger Roger. Like, yeah, just say Roger Roger. Execute order sixty six. Anything. Good soldiers follow want. orders. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but really, it will help the show out a ton. We appreciate you for doing it. Um, for those that have. Um, and for everybody. Everybody who's watched the past 66 episodes, thank you. Oh, of course, yeah. It's been awesome. Totally awesome. Yeah, I love doing this show every week. Um, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash joyclicks. Uh, you can get involved with the $1 or $5 tiers. $5 tier gets you producer credit like Chris Sackas uh, for all of our shows and a shout-out on them all. Um, so thank you very much. But I think that's going to do it for episode 66. So, Mike uh bucking the trend i feel like this week we just have to sign off with an execute order 66 do you want me to say it <laughs> oh please do please do mike in my best palpatine voice right best you can do commander cody the time has come execute order 66 oh yes 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 you're right beep is up <laughs>